You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is Reception Perception, the show. James Cole and Matt Harmon. Yo, what's cracking, everybody? James Coe, Matt Harmon here with you, and you are listening to Perception, Perception of the Show. All right, Matt. Uh, it's the second show of the week, and um, if I sound a little bit different, it's because you had the condo cast. I've got the brother-in-law cast right now. <laughs> I am scrambling the Jets, baby. I mean, um, look, we, I, we're, we're trying to plan around this fumigation that we've got going on at my house. And uh, with the peek behind the curtain here, we, we, we organized this time between my, Matt and myself and, and and we set it for we set it for what, um, 10 a.m. local time here uh, in, in, in Los Angeles, 1 a.m. over there on the East Coast. And it's 10 a.m. and it's 8 a.m. and we get a knock on the door. Our fumigation guys are supposed to be there at noon. They show up at eight and now I am just scrambling and life is absolute hell right now. I'm at the point, Matt, where, uh, first of all, we stayed up all night packing all this stuff for this fumigation. I'm at the point now where I'm just like, yo, you know what? Just let the termites eat the house because I'm, I'm just, <laughs> I'm over it, bro. I mean, just, just let the termites win because we've lost. I mean, it's fine, you know? Yeah. Um, I, like fumigation, I feel like in like routine fumigation is a very LA thing. Uh, we had our house in our last house in El Segundo fumigated, um, you know, I think a couple years into living there. And it is not a fun process at all. Oh, it's a nightmare. I mean, it, it's a, it is a nightmare because, you know, you can't have any food out. There's all that. Also, it's just there's some things it's like, man, you know, do we do we want to leave this out? You know, it, it just, and once you, when you get back in <laughs> exactly. there, it's a weird feeling. Exactly. Um, yeah. You know, it, it's just, it's not like packing up and moving or anything, but it's, it's the closest you're going to get to while living in a house. Um, by the way, yeah, they always show up. Er- they're the only service that ever shows up early. The only service on planet earth that shows up early and probably the last one you want to show up early because of how much goes into it. <laughs> and um, I will say too, it's like we're moving out of our house, man. It's yeah, crazy. it's like you're, mo- you're all moving out of your house. So, like, I, I will say too, though, James, and just to, to really nail the just just to hit the nail in a little harder on you here. You know, when we <laughs> when we fumigated, because like I don't have two yeah. kids like you do. Um, running around. My wife and I, yeah, my Man. wife and I just went to you know we went to Palm Springs for the weekend, like rented a house with a pool, and you know just. Uh, it made it like Beautiful. a little vacation. So, um, <laughs> sorry, pal, that uh, I'm I'm better at this than you. <laughs> hey, listen, we're turning into a little staycation too. Uh, but we were supposed to get, go down to Orange County, man. We're we're staying at, at a nice hotel down there, doing a little staycation, you know. But I tell you, it's just, I Not mean, right when they now. show up early, when they show up early, and you've got media obligations. Boy, <laughs> I mean, for the people who can see video wise, right? Like, 
uh, again, I got this. I got a weird backdrop going on. I'm I'm literally holding. You're my holding mic. the. You're holding I'm the holding mic it. like you're on a game show. I mean, <laughs> you about to wrap just, into that thing. Outrageous! Uh, what is going on right now? But uh, so I've got a lot of stuff going on in my life. Uh, Matt, you, you've got some stuff going on too, man. You've got a big old piece dropping on Yahoo today. You know, typically we, we talk about my Yahoo work sometimes on the old reception yeah. reception show, uh, and I just want to kind of point this out. You know, for people who are preparing for their fantasy drafts, you know, we we walked the line here on this show between talking real ball yeah. and talking fantasy. But, um, you know, I've been working on this piece in the shadows uh, for the last couple of weeks and finally happy to unveil it. It's essentially it's called, you know, the 2023 fantasy football draft day blueprint. Um, mm. I wrote about it's about 5000 words long. Whoa. Uh, so really, really cracking out, James. You know, my old my old <laughs> NFL, you know, writing when when, you know, Gelhar was trying to That's beat right. long That's pieces right. out of me. But, you know, this, this is designed basically to be your one stop shop for like macro to micro look at, you know, how to approach drafts this year, starting all the Love way it. from like big themes, you know, again, at the top, like. I think everything this year starts with how you approach quarterback, you know? So that's mm -hmm. like the, how we start the piece. And then by the end of it, it's just the one player uh, players. Actually, I won't leave a draft without this year. So it goes Ooh. all the way from the top of the funnel, baby, all the okay. way to the bottom. Um, I will say, I'll spoil that last part here just for our reception perception folks. And there's, you know, there you reception go. perception stuff sprinkled out. What's great about it too, is of that course. there's nuggets from all of the Yahoo crew on there. Like, pieces that Andy has written, Scott has written, Dalton, one of awesome. our new writers, Jorge Martin, uh, he mm. is in there too, like just kind of weaving everything you need to know. It's it's You're supposed to kind of leave it and come back to it basically because it's so long. But I will say for our reception perception folks, I'll spoil that last thing for you. Please go read the other, you know, 4,500 freaking words <laughs> I put into this thing. But the one players, I'm not leaving drafts without this year. And there's a reason yeah. I keep saying players, parentheses there, okay. is I will not leave a draft without taking a Ravens wide receiver. And I'm okay mm. taking any of those three guys based on okay. how the board falls. And I mean, most of our subscribers and our listeners know why. I, I love right. the way this wide receiver crew is set up this year, um, mm. specifically you look at those players, and, and man, I mean, there again, there's just there's so much potential here. And for one, I want this to be the last time anyone who's listening to this or reading the piece wants this to be the last time you think about the Ravens and like the 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 Greg Roman era. We're not talking about that anymore. I, the, the, right, Lamar. They're always going to lean run heavy with Lamar at quarterback, but Rich Rebar pointed this out and I, to, when we were tweeting back and forth, and I included the the tweet here. The most routes run with Lamar Jackson on the field and all players with 300-plus routes during the regular season since he entered the league. Mark Andrews, Marquise Brown, Willie Sneed, shout out Willie Sneed, Devin Duvernay, Miles Boykin, Nick Boyle, Patrick Ricard. Patrick Ricard, 376 routes, is currently practicing with the offensive line in training camp. <laughs> I swear to God, I was just charting some Tyree Kill the other day against the Ravens, yeah. and I literally saw a snap where freaking Patrick Ricard, who's like 300-pound fullback, yeah. starts out as a slot receiver, is motioned out, back out wide on the right side, and runs a goddamn vertical route. I mean, that's what we're talking about in that offense. That is no more the heavy formations, all that stuff. It's no more. This is Todd Monken's offense, and the key to this right. take really lies in the fact that I believe via their, their most recent reception perception seasons, these guys are – Extremely good wide receivers. Zay Flowers, his Boston College reception perception sample, 73.1% success rate versus man. 
Odell Beckham, 72.3% success rate versus man with the Browns slash Rams in 2021 and Rashad Bateman in 2021 as a rookie, 72.7% success rate versus man coverage. This wide receiver core is really good. Someone is going to step up here. So, maybe it's all three of them, or maybe it's just one. If all things were equal, I think it would be Bateman, but I still believe, uh, obviously, he's he's the least healthy of the group right now. You know, Beckham is an injury question mark, but Flowers is a prospect I love. So this right. year in fantasy football, I am determined to make sure I leave the draft with one of those Ravens wide receivers. And a lot of it is because, hey, these guys are really good route runners. And like, think about that list I just read off. I mean, give me a break. This is the most talented receiving core Lamar Jackson has ever played with by oh, like country four miles. and a half country, four and a half country <laughs> miles, bro. I mean, so make sure make sure you take a Ravens receiver this year because there's upside with all three of these guys. I think there's a ton of upside, and and I think Matt, you'd be the first person uh, to recognize this too. We just they gotta stay healthy, man. Gotta you know? stay healthy. And, and I love the fact too that okay, we talk about the OC change, fine. But maybe more importantly, they made a change in the strength and conditioning room. Yes. And, and, I, and I think maybe that might be more important um, or just as important as the OC change and all the personnel changes uh, in regards to the Ravens. Because, man, no team has been, you know, I mean, there's Charger fans in the chat saying, well, hold up now, hold up. <laughs> yeah, whoa. I'm just saying, <laughs> oh, hey, hey, I'm just saying the Ravens have been absolutely decimated. Uh, by injuries. And certainly I think their strength and conditioning uh, staff has a lot uh, of weight to bear uh, in that regard. Uh, by the way, this Todd Monken change, it reminds me a lot of when the bills went from, uh, what was it? Dennison to, uh, to Brian Dable. You know what I mean? Where yeah. you're like, okay, I basically under Dennison, you know, Josh Allen was this option quarterback running first and, and, and kudos obviously to, to Josh Allen uh, for changing up his game. But man, the, when Dable came in, it was just a different, it was just a completely different system. Obviously adding Stefan Diggs to the mix, uh, you know, uh, changed a lot of things as well. Uh, but just, it was just the, the, the offense was just completely different. And so now I see a lot of similarities and a lot of parallels um, and I'm sure you do too, Matt, with, with the addition of Zay Flowers and Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, and, and just uh, you add Todd Monken into the mix. This all of a sudden just it just feels different what they got in Baltimore this year. It totally does. And yeah, it's not the same as like, OK, Josh Allen gets Stefan Diggs. Um, you know, one elite wide receiver or Jalen Hurts right. gets A.J. Brown, one elite wide receiver. Right. And look, I'm ready. I'm ready to get my heart broken by injuries. I, <laughs> I said that right after the draft. I'm so exactly. ready. I mean, in the yep, tweet that I put ready. out there, I literally <laughs> talked about how I'm using old charts. It's a yep. setup, right? Bateman 21, Beckham 21, right? That that there's therein lies the rub. You know, yep. there's the the, yep, same, yep. the quiet part being said out loud, right? But yep. I do think if these guys all stay healthy, the amalgamation of them all, the kind of the, the right. concentration yes. of them all can equal like one, maybe even one and a half like elite wide receivers if they're yeah. all out there. And Why like Mark not? Andrews, Mark Andrews is still there. Mark Andrews mm. is still a great tight end. Mm -hmm. You know, we're talking like Devin mm -hmm. Duvernay was the number two receiver 
he was he was supposed to be the number two receiver, right? Um, across from Rashad Bateman last year, Bateman started getting banged up. By the way, Bateman gets banged up last year. The passing game goes in the tank. That's not a coincidence. Um, right. Devin Duvernay was supposed to be the, he's like the four, maybe. He not, if all things are equal and everybody is healthy. So, um, by the way, even like Nelson Aguilar. Look, I know Nelson Aguilar is like a punchline around the Philadelphia Eagles, but. That guy's like maybe the fourth receiver on the team, maybe the fifth receiver on the team, you know? So they have depth there now, I think, to withstand injuries from a Lamar presence. But yeah, man, I mean, again, I I think all things being equal, Bateman would be the guy pegged to be the number one, the alpha, but obviously he's on the PUP right now. He needs to get healthy. Um, So for me, I think... I, I and you you said this in my in my rankings in my tiers I've got the hedge right now where all of those guys are ranked forty seven <laughs> to forty that's another thing too I'm not telling right. you to overextend yourself you can get these guys no, and like no take, yeah 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 it's like okay Beckham goes off the board move to Flowers uh, if Flowers goes off the board first like maybe you move to Bateman so I just think there's so much upside in in this uh, in this receiver core so I really want to make sure you guys get like at least one of them coming out of the drafts all right so um. Again, Odell Beckham is uh, is is one of the linchpins, one of the keys to Baltimore turning this thing around. And when when Odell Beckham was in his prime, at the exact same time, there was a fellow by the name of maybe you remember this guy by the name of Michael Thomas. Okay, <laughs> also flying around, catching a million balls per season, and doing big things for the Saints. Um, I want to talk about. Uh, we talked. Hey, listen, we talked about Tampa Bay. Uh, mm-hmm. in uh, the earlier episode this week. I, I thought we might stay in that uh, in that division. Okay, let's talk Saints. I want to talk about Panthers. Let's do a little team preview as we get a little closer into the season. These let's stay teams- in the humidity. Let's stay in the humidity <laughs> of, of the Southeast. <laughs> Absolutely, 100%. <laughs> you know, and, 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 and especially the Panthers, man, I feel like, you know, these are teams that um, – that are getting a little overlooked, you know, and so I want to kind of mm-hmm. turn over the rocks here, see if there's a little something to uncover. Um, both in real life and from a fantasy perspective for either one of these teams. And by the way, of course, we're going to get to the option route. Uh, I love the option route nowadays, but uh, but I'll let the listeners kind of ruminate on this, okay? But the, uh, the option will be uh, a million bucks, but you've got to have a reality show camera crew following you around every day for a year, and they're going to make a show about it. All right, so what do you do? 1,000 or 1 million, what you got? What you got? Uh, we'll ask Matt Harmon. Uh, and, and, and of course, we'll uh, we'll chime in here, man, uh, in regards to option route. But let's start with the Saints, man. OK, look, uh, again, we talk about your tiers on the website, receptionperception.com. Tier seven, you've got a fella by the name of Michael Thomas. Michael, Th- when was the last time Michael Thomas has put together even a, a, a relatively stable season uh, in this tier? Matt Harmon, uh, you've got Adam Thielen, Nico Collins, Isaiah Hodgins, Cortland Sutton, Van Jefferson, Jacoby Myers, Curtis Samuel, and Michael Gallup. My man, I'm going to be 100%. I'm going to keep it 100 with you right here. I'm going to take every single one of those dudes ahead of Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas at Tier 7 feels like an absolute reach, my dude. By the way, I have him lower than consensus. You realize that's like, crazy. Consensus, consensus that is crazy. He's wide receiver 46, oh uh, and I Why? have him at 55. That's insane. Um, Why? My 46th player what are we doing is, is, out Odell, here? is Odell Beckham, who I guess you could kind of say the same things about that you're saying with Michael Thomas, but uh, he, I mean, he's, I guess, that's a whole, but, that's a whole we, tier higher. That's a whole yeah, yeah, tier yeah. higher. You I know, know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, so exa- yeah, I'm not, yeah, yeah. I, I just think like my, I think I said this before, that that seventh tier there is basically 
all of the guys that are going to get more volume than people want to admit, right? Right. Like the Isaiah yeah, yeah, yeah. Hodgins, the Nico Collins, yep. the Adam mm. Adam friggin' Thielen, Cortland Sutton, they certainly fit into that bucket. Um, I think Michael Thomas fits into that bucket if he's healthy. And yeah, I get it, bro. If he's healthy, that's the big uh, caveat <laughs> here. Uh, because right. look, even... But here, here's the thing I think is important to realize and why I still, even if he plays, I'm a little lower than consensus on Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas at his peak, I think, was a truly elite wide receiver. Um, oh, yeah. Some of, yeah, I mean, like e- elite capital E wide receiver. His 2018 season, by the way, the season before he broke the catch record, uh, you know, 82.2% success rate versus man coverage insanely high the second highest score in reception perception history that's what michael thomas did in 2018 and then obviously like i said next year he broke the catch record he has always been like an elite press man coverage beater also an 89.3 percent success rate versus zone coverage in um that 2018 season again before he broke the catch record that is the um, seventh highest all time in reception perception. We're talking about one of the best receivers ever uh, in the reception perception era, like an elite capital E uh, wide receiver, but he definitely showed signs of decline, right? Uh, in, in 2020, he was still very good when he played just a few games, but he was getting banged up. And then uh, in 2021, he doesn't play. It's only a three game sample from 2022, but I did put okay. the full profile up on the website. But he's down at 65.1% success rate versus man, 73.3% success rate versus zone. Still showed an ability to get off the line of scrimmage against press coverage, 73.1%. So I don't think he's totally yeah. cooked, but we are talking about a guy who clearly in those three games showed diminished separation ability, was still fantastic, like a fabulous contested catch receiver. And I think he will be a factor in the red zone and in tight coverage if he gets on the field for the 2023 Saints. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm not counting on Michael Thomas being like anything back close to his old form, but it, right. I do want to remind people that his old form was about as good as it possibly uh, could get. But honestly, dude, I just hope he's out there so that uh, he opens things up more for Chris Olave. Like, yeah, I think the, the Saints right now are perfectly set up for Chris Olave to dominate targets, but have just enough other threats on that team uh, to keep defenses honest, even more, I think even more so than like the 2022 Vikings with Justin Jefferson, where they knew who to double cover in that situation. I think right. there are more threats on the Saints, possibly, uh, than there was for the Vikings last year. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash recommend today. I want to ask about alignment here, okay? Because Chris Olave, clearly a budding superstar. I don't think he had a lot of highlight catches, so he didn't have like some mm-hmm. of that highlight bias coming in. So I think that's why you can actually get Chris Olave at a pretty decent uh, price in fantasy drafts this year. I think he's just an absolute just rock star you throw in a better yeah. quarterback situation clearly a better quarterback situation there uh with the saints and, and and with Derek Carr and Chris Olave I mean he could just absolutely just moonshot it this year right yeah um mm-hmm. but his supporting cast around him okay so Michael Thomas um 
the last time I think we really got a closer look at him, they they played him outside a lot more than we were used to seeing in his heyday with Drew Brees. Um, you know, he got, an, uh, I think, an unfair reputation as like a short area specialist. Couldn't really beat you over the top. Um, and then in 2020, I believe, um, when they opened it up a little bit more for Michael Thomas, I was surprised when when you were charting him. And this is a guy that was his nine route success rate was, you know, mid to upper 50s. Um, his pretty much his entire career. And then all of a sudden in 2020, it shoots up to like 71% success rate on the nine route, which is in 63.6% uh, success rate on the corner. And you're thinking, okay, well, okay, what's going on here? This is, this is pretty good stuff uh, deep in over the top. But for this particular team, considering the injuries, considering the age, Matt, um, don't you feel as if they need, I look at the roster, they don't really have a guy that can win inside. Yeah, no, it's actually a really good point because Michael Thomas coming into the NFL was sort of like, oh, maybe he could be a big slot receiver. Maybe he's going to be right. the Marquise Colston replacement, right, in, in Sean Payton's mm -hmm. offense. Exactly. But that really wasn't who he was. In his prime years, he was, he was running a lot of short uh, underneath routes, probably because his quarterback's arm was rapidly, rapidly declining, <laughs> basically from 2017 to when yeah. the point when Drew Brees retired. But right. he was out there lining up as an X receiver, like on the line of scrimmage, running like a lot, again, a lot of in-breaking routes, but he was lining up as that X receiver, winning against press man coverage on the outside and winning deep routes. He just had a quarterback that was not going to get him the ball, right? So mm -hmm. actually, it's kind of like one of the, I think it's actually kind of one of the greatest what ifs, like that we never got to see Michael Thomas and Jameis Winston together, like when Winston was mm -hmm. starting, because, you know, even like right. Winston last year before Andy Dalton took over was just ripping it ripping it deep oh, down yeah. the field to to um to chris olave so we never yeah. we got to see it a little bit last year but again like that's a diminished version of michael thomas so i i kind of feel like it's a shame that we never got to see thomas like at his peak with a guy who could push the ball down the field because i think it got you know that's how the slant boy moniker got got you know right got labeled on him which i think was more of a drew Brees thing but now at this point in his career could Michael Thomas transition to a big slot receiver role? I think it's a good question by you because I think the thing is, though, I think Chris Olave is probably best just from a size perspective as a flanker receiver. Okay. Um, I think when you look at Rashid Shahid, who I'm very high, I'm very high on, uh, you know, he has a two game sample up in the in-season tracker on the site. Mm -hmm. I think he showed he can play like as a, as a legit dude, but is he more of like a speed slot receiver? So I, I wonder if, like, from a size perspective, they just keep sticking Michael Thomas out there as an X receiver because he might be the only guy on the roster to play that position. But I do think from an inside slot receiver perspective, it might be the best spot for him long term. Yeah, I'm just trying to figure out. Like, I, I look at Shahid, and I don't, I, I don't think he profiles really as like a slot guy. I mean, Olave. Look, when you're when you're someone like Olave, you could play everywhere. That's fine. Yeah, totally. Um, but but again, what's his Generally in the NFL, you want your best players, uh, Cooper Cup withstanding, but you want your best players primarily playing outside. I'm saying I'm mm. not saying you got to be, you know, Devontae Parker levels of like 85, 88 percent outside. I'm just saying, you know, there's your Devontae Parker ref for the, for the pod. <laughs> there you go. Like You don't need to be 90 percent outside, but you want your you know, you want your star guy to be out there at least 75 percent, 70 ish percent, mm -hmm. I think is a fair um, a fair percentage. By the way, Rashid Shahid last year in 2022 played outside 76% of his snaps. So, 
you know, again, I, I don't see Shahid as as an outside guy or excuse me, as an inside guy. Um, I look at some of these these other players, Traquan Smith. I mean, not really. A.T. Perry. Talk, talk to me about A.T. Perry. Don't know a ton about him. But again, just from uh, from things that I've read and seen, I don't see him as an inside guy either. Yeah, I think he is definitely interesting. You know, he fell very far in the draft. I thought he was going to go higher, but he ended up going in the sixth round to the Saints. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, there were some like work ethic issues, stuff like that, that people whispered about. I don't know if those are true. Those are just the reasons that people hypothesized about why he fell, Um, which, which again, I don't know anything about and And, you know, so I can't really speak on that, but that's just what I heard in terms of why he may have fallen. But when you look at his reception perception profile, he absolutely looked like an X receiver, right? Right. 70.7% success rate versus man, 68.7% success, or excuse me, 68.7% success rate versus man, 70.6% success rate versus press. And he was again, lining up as like, a true X receiver. Uh, you mentioned those outside alignments. He was lined up outside on 93.3% of his sample. Good God. It was on the line <laughs> of scrimmage for 97.2. So he was basically purely an X receiver yeah, in this right. kind of wacky wake forest offense. But yeah, he's a guy that, I mean, again, six round pick who, who knows, but he's somebody I would keep an eye on as like a developmental X receiver prospect. Maybe he doesn't make much noise as a rookie, but is definitely someone to kind of keep an eye on as maybe like the heir apparent to Michael Thomas's X receiver spot. Yeah. So again, I go back to this roster construction. I don't see a clear guy lining up inside um, other than Olave, who again, can line up everywhere. Michael Thomas, I'm telling you just with the injuries and the edge, it just, it just feels it feels like his time to kick inside. But um, one that, thing I'll say, though, is like how often are they lining up in 11 personnel? Remember, this team spent a lot of resources at the tight end position. They bring mm-hmm. in Derek Carr's old buddy, Foster Moreau, uh, oh from the yeah. Raiders. Uh, mm-hmm. They bring in uh, – well, they re-sign Jawan Johnson to, I think, a two-year deal as a restricted free agent. I think he has some real interesting upside I as love like a, him. a flex move guy. Oh, they yeah. also, I mean, they signed Jimmy Graham again. Blast from the past. Jeez. That that one. <laughs> talk about somebody who hasn't played in a while. He he literally didn't even play last year, Jimmy Graham. So, I mean, that's at least interesting. So how much like 12 personnel is this team going to run? And by yeah. the way, like if they do that, research has been, has been done and has shown that like yards per route run boosts when you're ha- talking about two receiver sets. Um, Mm. targets per route run boosts when we're talking about two receiver sets to those outside receivers. So if we're just getting Chris Olave and maybe it's Michael Thomas, maybe it's Rashid Shahid at some point, like Chris Olave is going to dominate targets in that scenario from Derek Carr, who I agree with you. Andy Dalton, great efficiency metrics last year, probably because he's throwing to a guy who was always freaking open in Chris Olave. (laughs) I think Derek Carr is going to benefit. Like we've talked about this too. Derek Carr's connection with Devontae Adams on intermediate routes, so good. And that's where Chris Olave is really special. You know, you look at him, uh, dig route success rate, out route success rate, curls, comebacks, obviously the vertical stuff too. But I mean, yeah, man, he can really make money with Derek Carr this year. I, I'm very high on Chris Olave, but I, I do think they might end up playing more 12 personnel than we're thinking about. Yeah, you're probably right. Great offensive line, too, uh, with mm-hmm. New Orleans. So, you know, I think the run game will be heavily featured. Uh, it's it's kind of like a boomerish coaching staff philosophy yes. anyways, you know, so they're going to try to run that ball. They just signed Kareem Hunt, too. And you're like, well, OK, I mean. I guess. I mean, it, I guess it makes sense. You, you've got, you know, Alvin Kamara with three game suspension. Um, but you have know, you, they spent. Have you seen? But that, they spent money on Jamal that, Williams um, too. 
Have you all also have you seen that like John Gruden is like always at their practices and he's like a big part yeah. of installing the offense, which one I think is ironic because remember everybody's like, oh yeah, John Gruden can't wait to get rid of Derek Carr. He hates Derek Carr. But now he's like working as a consultant with <laughs> Derek Carr's team. Um, like is John Gruden the shadow offensive coordinator or the shadow so. HC of the yeah, yeah. of the New Orleans Saints? I mean, at, at least that is I interesting. And and again, talk about twelve personnel, two tight ends, and and you know what would he say when he got hired by the Raiders? I'm throwing the game back to 1996. Um, I think we could see a lot more of that uh, if Gruden is in the mix, even more so than I was expecting with like Pete Carmichael. In the board.